102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. Pretty straightforward. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. You can follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week. It is at Jeff Ward Show. If you'd like to post comments on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it this week, you can do so. Just don't suck. Get to the point. Make the show better. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Make sure you check out the show podcast. I think the voters of Texas will appreciate. I believe that I have discovered, unfortunately, a candidate even worse than the worst candidate, the worst office holder, that is Ken Paxton. You'll be relieved to know that there's somebody worse. You'll also be disturbed to know that there's somebody worse. A lot worse. Check it out. Uh, The podcast is dropped each afternoon. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcasts. I would suggest you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. We drop that each afternoon. Check it out. The host looks like Shrek, but uh, otherwise it's not doing badly. On Mondays, I typically do a segment that I call Overreactions versus Reality. And this is sort of Jeff Ward reality based on how people overreact, particularly in my business, to stuff that happens over the weekend. And a lot of stuff happened over the weekend, so it is set up perfectly for overreactions versus reality. So here we go. Overreaction. Texas A&M had to whack their head coach, Jimbo Fisher, and they had to whack him at this time. You do know he's been fired. They had to do it and had to do it at this time. Reality. Not really. Not really. Now, two words come to mind, and I want to get them out there right away and let them sit there, see if you can relate to them, see if you agree with them. Two words come to mind They came to my mind immediately. And and to be honest, I've had these two words stuck for quite some time. Those two words are inevitable and gross. I can't get away from those two. Inevitable and gross. What else? I, I disagree with that? Really? I'll explain both. The timing is confusing. Um... The firing is understandable, thus inevitable, but the timing is confusing. This thing, as I've said many, many times, it's been an arranged marriage that hasn't worked. There are two ways to look at his firing, two big ways to look at his firing. One, of course, did he deserve it? And the answer clearly is absolutely. That's really not debatable. None of this was debatable. That's why I said the word inevitable is, it just sticks out there. It's, it was inevitable, right? Um, There was no reason for him to keep his job. Uh, He had not done anything that would make anyone argue that he should have kept his job. The only issue was, was the payout so giant and the timing so bad that he'd just be hanging on a little bit longer. That was the only issue. It was inevitable. 
So did he deserve it? Of course he deserved it. There is no and has been no worse return on the investment as a coach. Money put in versus return. There's not been a worse return on investment as a coach than the $117 million, I'm being generous there, $117 million Jimbo Fisher. Okay, it's been a terrible return, obviously. The guy makes about, I don't know, $8 million per win. The only person, and yeah, I do think somebody is kind of in that orbit, but the only person that even comes close to the underachieving level of Jimbo Fisher in the coaching business is Lincoln Riley at USC. But but he's only in, what, year two of his underachievement? So nothing really can compare to the miserable job that Jimbo Fisher had done at a and I said the other day that I would love to... I would love to compare Jimbo Fisher to Bernie Madoff or Sam Brinkman Freed or Bankman Freed, whatever his name is, with the big fro, the crypto guy. I mean, I'd love to. It'd be nice to blame him for everything. It would be nice to say that Jimbo Fisher ripped off Texas A&M, but this deal is on A&M. It is. And it's been awful. Inevitable and gross. Not yet to the gross part. So, and don't do the Aggie thing, okay? Don't, don't do that. I get it a lot. Uh, do the Aggie thing and say, well, Jeff, you're only saying these things because you went to Texas. Listen, my alma mater has thrown money at bad decisions countless times, countless times, never to this level. Nobody in the history of the bloated, out-of-control sport that is professional college football, nobody has ever thrown money at it like this. But yes, I would be incredibly critical, and most normal thinking people would be as well, if it was Texas that had done this. This had to end sooner or later. It did. Everybody knew it. Everybody was watching it. His reactions were... Uh, fairly typical. The guy had produced zero results. There was nothing good to show for it. There are no trophies. There's not even close to a trophy. It's awful. Why this? Why now? That's interesting. That's interesting. So, there is no blame in A&M wanting to get out of this arranged marriage. No blame whatsoever. The only question is, really, when were you going to do this? The inevitable part was plainly obvious. We are all just waiting around. It was almost a drinking game when this was going to happen. So, no fault at all. It's been terrible. It hasn't worked. The comment was made over the weekend that they were stuck in neutral. They were stuck in quicksand. They were stuck in quicksand. It wasn't working. Now, point number two, right? I mean, we knew it was coming. The firing is completely justified. He deserved to lose his job two weeks ago, this past weekend, five weeks from now, whenever. Did they have to do it now? Why this, why now is kind of a fascinating part of this. Um, when is the right time, of course, is going to be the question. I, I, I don't know. They just won. <laughs> They won over the weekend. They won an SEC game, which is not something the guy does very often, did. Um, but they still fired him. Why now? I assume you do it now so you can make a deal with someone you've already been talking to. Or, number two, obviously, is start the process 
before you lose to Texas next year. The one thing that, and I don't know, and I, I, the one thing I've always thought is that Texas joining the SEC and them throwing all this money at Jimbo Fisher only to turn around and lose to Texas joining the SEC would have been too much. I had this vision of that he would get fired walking off the field after a loss to Texas. So I'm not saying it completely hung over their head and was forcing them to fast track this, but the idea of getting to that point with this guy and this money and this uh, underachievement, that would be too much to take. Whack him long before that time seemed to be the idea. They just had had it, and it's understandable. So... You probably want to do the deal now so you can start talking to somebody so you can try to make it right. Um, I think the success Texas has had has been haunting this deal since day one. I mean, everything should be haunting this deal. I mean, it's just it's it's the the dumbest deal in sports and has been for a while. Um, so it wasn't just the, tex- the Texas doing well, the idea of Texas making a Final Four, they won't. But the idea of Texas making a Final Four, you know, it's had to be this dark cloud over this whole thing. It just, it just had to remind A&M all the time what a screwed up relationship this was. So I don't know what is the right exact answer as to why now, um, but they better get it right. They better get it right. This might be, and the numbers floating around are the gross part. It's gross. That part of this is gross. The numbers floating around will be, this could be a $200 million set of coaching moves. Nobody really knows at this point. But it could be not just 100 and something million for this guy to go away, approximately 117 to go away, the whole transaction could take close to $200 million. Can I point out something that seems pretty apparent? And maybe, and I know we've, there's no turning back, and that's the gross part of this, but can I point out something that seems really, really obvious right now? Somebody said over the weekend that Jimbo Fisher had checked out some time ago, and it made me think about something that seems pretty consistent, and that's this. Name one huge payout to a college coach, not named Nick Saban, that worked, is working. Name it. There's been three giant deals in the last few years, started by Jimbo Fisher's deal. But the giant payouts, the giant paydays for these coaches have gone sort of like this. Jimbo Fisher, out. Mel Tucker at Michigan State, got a $92 million deal, and then he flamed out in a spectacular, terrible way. So he gets fired. And then most recently, you have the Lincoln-Riley deal. Again, all this on the heels of the Jimbo Fisher deal. How's that working out? I mean, the trend seems to be when you get the giant payday, you get lazy. It doesn't seem to work. None of the guys not named Saban of the most recent giant paydays have even come close to expectations. Two of the three are done already. You sure this works out? You sure? $100 million guaranteed, which is pretty much what all these guys have received. Not named Saban. $100 million guaranteed, look what happens. 
I, I mean, it's almost at some level sort of understandable that they get fat and happy. It's understandable they get stale. You know, these guys that have uh, been grinding and had success all of a sudden get these giant paydays and take a look at the programs, not involving Nick Saban. Now, the disgusting part, the gross part. It's gross. Um, part of this that's gross, no, the big part of this that's gross is this is the new normal. It's the new normal. Jimbo Fisher's firing at Texas A&M, the largest payoff, cannot go without the acknowledgement and the embarrassment. Texas A&M has to be embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for them. There was no good time to do this. It wasn't going to be embarrassing. Whenever it was going to happen, had to be embarrassing. You are the owners of the biggest mistake in the industry, and you are also the creators of the new normal in terms of these gross salaries that don't work. I'm embarrassed for A&M, embarrassed for all the people that work hard to teach and learn in the name of busting their ass to make a difference in their industry and their science. These are people walking around a college campus. And I know everyone forgets that in the branding of these college programs, they pretend that they're on a college campus. Think about the people on the campus. There are people that are going to develop software. There are people that are going to create, I don't know, at A&M, they're going to create some sort of environmental friendly way to find oil. They're going to save my dog, save your dog. It'll make a difference in the world. These are people that will make a difference in the world. It'll, it'll stick for a long time. Football players and coaches do not. Do not. Yeah, but it's entertainment, Jeff. Okay. Well, this is a gross way to operate the entertainment business. This obscene spending is the new normal. A&M has to own it. Both ways. Both parts of the obscene spending. Getting fired and paid is the new normal. And what's bizarre and gross is that these schools aren't only football programs. I know there's a logo on there and everybody and, and they and the players themselves are disconnected from the school. There's nothing related to the school. They're gonna be pretty they're gonna be plenty of assistant professors and teaching assistants who don't make in a month what Jimbo Fisher makes per minute of getting fired. College programs pretend to be part of the college when it's convenient. You hear it. You hear student athletes. Oh, my guys graduate. All this blah, blah, blah. They, when it's convenient, they love to pretend to be a part of the college. And then when it's convenient, they pretend to be a professional football franchise. There's no turning back. Uh, Jimbo Fisher did a lousy job. Texas A&M is coaching at A&M is really not that hard. It's really not. I think the money makes it easier, but it's not that rough of a gig. A&M had every right to be fed up with a guy. No argument at all, but it needs to be said one last time. The money wasn't Jimbo Fisher's fault. The money was not his fault. Taking the money to leave is not his fault. That's on A&M, and that's embarrassing. Overreaction. The Texas A&M job is a dumpster fire post-Jimbo Fisher. I feel like that's the assumption. You know what? When a coach gets fired, the assumption is, oh, what a mess. But the overreaction 
that Jimbo Fisher's turned it into a dumpster fire, I don't think it's in reality at all. The reality is it's not even close. That statement is not even close. It's similar, I think, very similar to what Steve Sarkeesian took over at Texas. All the resources you want. Again, I think that's a problem. I think the money is a problem. The money is not producing harder work and greater payoffs. The money, the giant money, is producing, obviously, some form of laziness. Something's not working for the money being paid. But the job at A&M right now, post-Jimbo Fisher, I think is a lot like what Steve Sarkeesian took over. There's all the resources you want, obviously. A good roster. I'm not a great roster, but it's a good roster at A&M right now. It's a fairly talented team at A&M. They're not awful. This is just underachieving top to bottom. This is not an example of there's nothing there. That's not true at all. Somebody can win at A&M with that roster. I don't know if they will if you throw $100 million at them. I think the return on that is pretty well proven. But somebody can win with that A&M roster right now. I'm not saying you win a championship in the SEC, but you, you should get a better product with the current roster than what you got with Jimbo Fisher. No doubt about it. There's very little pressure at A&M. I, don't, ever list, don't ever let a coach get away with that. That's BS. It's really not that tough. Tough is coaching in the NFL. Tough is coaching NFL in major markets. There's not that much pressure at A&M. Really not. The bar is low. It's a friendly job, even more friendly than Texas. The expectations are really low. Um, A&M is basically in a rebound relationship after a toxic partner. So all they have to do, whoever this is, is win some, win more, be a pleasant face, and they'll love you. And that bar is really low. Who's it going to be? I don't know. I, I assume near the top of the list is Dan Campbell, who's the head coach of the Detroit Lions, which is pretty interesting on its face. And there's arguments about that. Um, he might be the head coach of the number one seed in the NFC this year. He'll either be the one or two seed. So it's going to be a while. I do think college programs that want to win, that want to be able to produce talent, that want to sell themselves – I think you do have to go get NFL guys. I do. I think that's a problem now, but I do think if you had your first pick, you always want an NFL guy. And the reason is this. That's what players want. That's what college players want. And Dan Campbell would be perfect. Um, I have no idea how A&M could make it happen. Um, they'd have to outspend the Ford family, which apparently they might be willing to do. Again, this could be a $200 million turnaround. Pay a guy out, pay a guy in. Could be $200 million. I mean, it would be ideal. An NFL guy would be ideal because that is recruits don't care about what you did in the 40s and 70s and 80s. What they care about is how many of us can get in the NFL. And so that's what you want to do first. So you want an NFL guy. NFL coaches are better coaches. They're just better at it. Um, the risk is the risk and the risk in swinging at an NFL guy is the college game, the college landscape is incredibly different. And someone like Dan Campbell or some NFL person would have to ask themselves some serious questions about what kind of work environment they're getting in. You're not coaching football anymore. In the NFL, you coach football. The NFL is about players and it's nothing but football. 
That's it. College is completely different. It is about kissing up to recruits and kissing up, maybe more than ever at A&M, up to rich men. That's what you do. That's it. It's nauseating, and it's nothing like the NFL, where all you do every day is just do football. Um, little about being a head coach, the next head coach at A&M, little about that job is going to be about football. Um, that's even more true now, I think. We could argue that, but I think that's even more true now. Um, recruiting is about finding someone to give them money. Um, it's kissing up to 17-year-olds that get cash and don't deserve it. Uh, the NFL is just about players just showing up to work and keeping your job or losing your job. The college head coaching job is about sales, it's about closing, and it's about making your shareholders happy And you better make those guys who paid off Jimbo Fisher happier than ever. That's what college is about. I don't know how appealing that's going to be to an NFL guy. It'd be tough. It'd be great to think, I mean, you're going to take care of me. There's very little pressure. I'm set for life. My grandkids are set for life, obviously. But getting out of the football business and getting into the sales and the sales closing business, it's different. Overreaction. The Cincinnati Bengals are the hottest team in the NFL with the hottest quarterback in the NFL. Reality. Uh, That was true until they played the Houston Texans. Whoa. If anyone says they had the Texans beating the red-hot Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati, they're lying. That is a lie. No one said that. No way. So, wow, and it wasn't a fluke. Yeah, the Texans beat the Red Hot Bengals with the future Hall of Famer at quarterback, and it was not a fluke at all. The Texans had almost 550 yards. C.J. Stroud had three, what, 356. Um, He now has 15 touchdowns and two interceptions. In consecutive weeks, you know what he's done? He's had 470 and 360. And if Texas Texans head coach D'Amico Ryans needed a signature win to get coach of the year, uh, he just got it. Yeah. I mean, nobody saw that. No way. No one was playing better than the Bengals. No one was playing better than Joe Burrow, well, except for C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud already had rookie of the year. He probably had that the second week of the season. You know, there's more talk now about him being the MVP, which is a decent debate, but... If he didn't have it already sewn up, he does now, and it will be unanimous. And I don't know how anyone in their right mind does not make him Rookie of the Year unanimously. You give him a couple trophies. Uh, this is, and none of us can even remember anything to compare it to. We're in new territory here and talking about the Texans, but this is the best Texans win at least in a decade. And I don't even know where to start in the other one. Nobody else does either. A good case can be made that this is a franchise-making win. I don't think that's putting too much on this. This is, this is completely new territory for that franchise. Look, this is, the, this is the franchise that nobody ever talks about. Three weeks ago, I did a segment calling them the most nondescript franchise in all of sports. Guess what's happened the last 24 hours? The franchise that nobody talks about, now everyone's talking about. The franchise that screws everything up, and they have. They have screwed everything up. 
has obviously got it right. And they got it right in the most important parts, which historically they've gotten wrong. They've got it right with their quarterback, clearly. And they got it right with their coach, clearly. They had a rookie quarterback go pass for pass, yard for yard with Joe Burrow and outplay him. That's a Hall of Famer. They are, the Texans are, what do we want to say, easily three to four wins ahead of schedule. Fair to say? Overreaction. The Dallas Cowboys beatdown of the Giants proves that Dak Prescott has never been better. Reality. It was 49-17, Cowboys win, and not even that close. Dallas had a... Yes, Dallas's offense was really spectacular. The reality is the Giants suck that badly. Sorry, they're that bad. It's hard to take away any positives because the Giants just suck. They're horrible. They're a joke. I believe they've quit. The Cowboys had a ridiculous 32 first downs and almost 675 yards in offense. Dak Prescott threw for 400. He could have thrown for 900. It wouldn't have mattered. Uh, the Dallas offense is playing at a top three level. I'm not going to disagree. But anyone who plays the Giants is at a top three level. C.D. Lamb is now one of the best three receivers in football. Not because of the Giants game, but before the Giants game. But this whole thing is really about the Giants being a dumpster fire. More about the Giants being a dumpster fire than the Cowboys being that good. And Dallas is good. They are. But you can't count this. I mean, that's how bad the Giants are. They're a dumpster fire. Face painters. The Giants have quit. And they should. They really should. Tommy DeVito or Danny or whoever that guy is playing quarterback, he's the Giants quarterback, and he is there, sadly, so they can tank. He had his best game, <laughs> he had his best game of his career. He threw for 86 yards. The Giants averaged 1.9 yards per pass, which is better than they had a couple of weeks ago when they averaged minus one per pass. This is a historic dumpster fire, and I think they've quit, and I think they should. I think they should forfeit. Like, I don't think anyone should play the Giants again. The Giants went against Dallas. They went 0 for 12 on third downs. All they do is punt. They suck beyond belief. Uh, I think they, re- I'm kidding. they should forfeit the rest of the way. There's no sense them playing games anymore. If you want to give them all the rest of the losses, give them the rest of the losses. If you want to give the Patriots the rest of the losses, just give it to them. Dallas is a really, really hot offense right now. There's no denying Dak Prescott's at a high level. There's no denying that their offense is at a high level. You knew about the defense already, but there's no other takeaway from this game, except the Giants suck. Disagree with me all you want. I don't think they should play anymore. I think the season the season should be over for the New York Giants. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Subscribe to the Jeff Ward Show podcast or the aliens are going to come and get you. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. I like that kid. Not the smoker voice, but the kid. 
Uh, go ahead and react, respond to uh, my assertion. Listen, I'm all for making money. I do not fault. Well, a little bit. Okay, <laughs> it's gross. But hey, you hire an agent, a lawyer to go get you all they can. It's not their fault. But tell me I'm wrong that these don't these giant deals don't work. There's no going back. Okay, there's no there's no going back. Uh, A&M can't, I, they're not going to find somebody at a discounted price. You're not going to be able to call up another lawyer, another agent and say, yeah, yeah, we're going to offer you a lot less. Well, wait a second. You paid that dude a hundred to go away, but it doesn't work for those not named Saban, right? Where? I mean, Brian Kelly, I'm not even quite sure what he got to go to LSU. He leaves Notre Dame, did a very good job at Notre Dame. Goes to LSU, and they're one of the great underachieving stories of the season. And I know it's year one. I get it, blah, blah, blah. But I I could see check writers sitting around today saying, man, I don't, it really seems like it, it kind of ruins stuff. So I think they're going to go back. Saw a tweet over the weekend about the Jimbo Fisher deal. Uh, Zero national titles, zero conference titles, zero division titles, zero 10-win seasons, zero wins versus ranked opponents on the road, zero ranked finishes in the last four full seasons, worse record than Kevin Sumlin, and $117,450,000 guaranteed. You're going to say who's paying that? Some people are. Oh, the school. No, no, it's not coming. The school's not taking it. I mean, they're not taking the engineering department and say, listen, we need to find about 50 million bucks. No. That's sad and gross by itself that somebody is sitting around today saying it is worth $117,450,000 to make that dude go away. And then not long from now, they're going to turn around and pay another $40 million to hire someone else if not more, if not a lot more. That's where it is. I, you know, what works for them right now, as I said, I don't think it's very complicated. I really don't. Um, I mean, you could say they need a sexy big splash, um, but it's, it's, not, it's not a mess. It's not. Um, it's, it's easy gig. It's set up to succeed. The bar is low. They're burned. You don't have to be the. You don't have to do a great job right away. You just be halfway decent human being and win some, and you're going to be just fine. So it's not a tough gig. Typically, I would say you know these programs that are kind of a dumpster fire, or these programs that are trying to make their way out of the pack that don't have the resources, willing to spend the resources. There are plenty of schools with resources. You know, Cal, Cal has resources. They're not going to spend money on football. They're not. This is gross. It's gross. But, you know, a lot of times you need someone like an Urban Meyer or a Mac Brown to fix your program, to create a structure, to create the model to succeed. I don't know that there's that much evidence that the model there is all that screwed up. There's players. They've got talent. They're not, you know, they're not really good, but they're, they're good enough, better than what they've shown. So I don't know if you need a fix-it guy. I really don't. Um, you just probably need more energy and more dedication and going A to B and 
you know, a little bit better developing talent. I, I just I just think any one of us, to be honest, you give us 117 million bucks, there's no threat, no risk whatsoever. There's no risk reward. We'd get fat and happy too. It's not all that surprising. I give you Lincoln Riley. Nothing has changed in that guy's coaching path. You give him 100 million bucks, what he's doing badly before gets worse. All right, on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it this week, at Jeff Ward Show, how the heck are the powers that be at Texas A&M convincing boosters to keep on donating? Sounds like the boosters have more money than sense. It's gross. This is, I mean, it's, I don't blame anyone for saying it's a gross, it's a gross look. I, I don't think, I think they know that. They have to know that. This was going to be embarrassing whenever it happened. It had to be embarrassing. They knew this day was either coming right now or a couple of weeks from now, or sure the hell was going to happen after they lose to Texas. And that was really going to be an embarrassing day. So it was not going to be a good look at any point for A&M. They had dug this hole and had to own it sooner or later. I don't know who paid it. I, I hope whoever paid it can, can say, don't worry, I also send money to a children's hospital and something else. Don't worry, I also spend money on uh, the engineering department. I mean, I hope, that, I hope that there's so much money that this was throwaway money. This was make the problem go away kind of money and that elsewhere they're donating money for good things because it is gross. And this is the new normal. I mean, I, I think there are some pretty well thought out arguments now. You know, I don't know where people were in the beginning when this happened, but this is the new normal. The money's not going to stop. And that is a gross part about college football when you, when you take these jobs, right? I mean, look who owns that program now. Whoever paid him to come there and give him the money and whoever got ripped off by the whole thing, whoever wrote him those, is going to write those checks to get rid of him, they own that program. They own the next person. And they have a right to say, hey, hey, wait a minute here. I'm the one that's paying all the bills. I'm the Jerry Jones of Texas A&M football. So this is a really gross, bad relationship. That's, I mean, college sports has so many problems because it's so, it's so, it acts like it's flush with cash, but it's not earning the cash. It's got sugar daddies. It's run by sugar daddies. The recruits are owned by sugar daddies. The coaches are owned by sugar daddies. The programs are owned by sugar daddies. They're not the NFL. They're not making their money. This isn't market forces. This is like a sugar daddy relationship. I, I, that's a good question. I, I don't know how you keep saying, can you give more? You mean like I did last time when I, when I lost it on that jackass? Oh, that Jeff Ward show. Overreaction. The 49ers are back. Well, are you sure they were gone? I mean, that's a really good team. They just slapped around yesterday afternoon in Jacksonville. I think Jackson wants to play all their games on the road. Apparently, they can't play at home. That was... I was shocked at how bad they made, made Jacksonville look. So, no, I'm, I'm not... I don't think it's an overreaction to say... I don't know if the, to say... Don't say they're back. 
Because like good teams in the NFL, it's just about injuries. They lose their left tackle. They lose Debo Samuel. You come back to the pack. You look pretty average then. So they get those guys back and all of a sudden take a look. Rank the NFC right now. That's a better question today. I mean, what do you do? Do you go Detroit, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas? I mean, what is that mix? Because it's a pretty good mix, and it's pretty top-heavy. And Detroit is well on their way with that schedule. Detroit's on its way to getting a top seed. And I don't know that any of us buy that Detroit is better than either Philadelphia or San Francisco or maybe even Dallas. At Jeff Ward Show, what do you think is next for Jimbo? Sit around and count his money? Who will get the next absurd A&M contract? Well, that's a good one there. Yeah. Um, you mean the next A&M coach will get the next A&M contract? That's who's going to get it. How would you like to be... Well, how'd you like to be in the coaching business right now? How would you like to be the head coach at Washington, the head coach at Oregon, the head coach at UT San Antonio, the head coach practically anywhere where you're winning right now? How would you like to be that lawyer right now? Because when that when that phone lights up and it's somebody associated with it, what is a what's the area code over there in Caldwell? What's the area code? Let's assume the Houston it's money from Houston or somewhere like that. When that's a Houston area code, your eyes light up because the payday is coming. Uh, what, what do you mean, what does he do? What would you do? I'd be out of here. First of all, I'd be out of that area as fast as I could. I would never look back. I don't understand that. Why would that man coach again? Who would hire him, first of all, but why? Why Why would he coach again? I, I would never be a very good fly fishing guide, but I would try. <laughs> I would really try. That's what I'd be doing. I would not turn around again. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't forget him. Uh, it doesn't matter. That It's over now. He might somehow maybe someday be the next coach at West Virginia. Maybe that happens. I don't know. But whoever's going to make Are they going to make that kind of money again? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you one. Not far from here is a program that laughs at money. Not far from where I'm sitting right now is a program that... 117 is chump change. I don't think Texas gets to a Final Four. I don't think Texas deserves to be in a Final Four. Texas should have lost the last two weeks. But, but, all it will take, a conference championship and a berth in the Final Four, and the lawyer agent says, on the other line right now, Texas, is fill in the blank. It's probably going to be BS. It's probably going to be a lie. Well, guess who's the next rich guy? Really rich guy. They'll do it. Texas will do it. And then we'll do it. Um, yeah. Whoever is in a bidding war with A&M, they're going to do it. My God, USC bought Lincoln Riley's house, bought one, and then Torino bought another in Los Angeles for him. They gave his family access to a jet. How's that working out? What kind of job is he doing? It's gross, and I don't think it works, but it won't stop. It won't stop. What I've wondered a while for for a while about the Jimbo Fisher deal. Again, it was inevitable. We all knew he was going to get fired. It was just you know I don't know. I don't know when the right time to do it was. I'm a little bit surprised they did it now, but I got to believe there's a reason. I don't know if he just acted like a jet, more of a jackass than he normally does. But 
I thought, I don't know why I've thought Urban Meyer. I've thought that. I have no insight. I'm just saying, let me make the argument about Urban Meyer. First of all, Urban Meyer has an unbelievable record as a college coach. It is his success. His numbers are ridiculous. Every stop, right? Every stop. These are not 500 seasons. These are championship seasons. The Jacksonville thing has completely tainted a lot of his career. It really has. I could see someone like A&M fill in the blank somebody else, make it a pitch saying, hey, buddy, give us three years. Give us three years. Fix your reputation. You will win again. I mean, there's not a whole lot that needs to be fixed at A&M. I mean, not really. Just coach them better. It's not that hard. He might. I can't say that he would ever do anything for a discounted price, but I just wonder if he's on some sort of reputation-saving crusade, and that could benefit A&M. Now, Here's the thing with Urban Meyer, and I'm not. I I, I don't. I think it'd be a smart move for AM, I really do. I think it'd be a no-brainer. You you call his lawyer up and say, "We're going to give your guy a chance to win again. We're going to give your guy a chance to fix his reputation. We're going to give him whatever he wants. Obviously, we'll just spend anything, and we just need three to four years out of him. You get whatever you want, man. I could see it. I could. I could see that working. Now, with it comes the baggage. He's Jim, it's Jim Jim Harbaugh is a poor man's Urban Meyer. There's always going to be stuff. There's going to be stuff. It's going to get in the end when he leaves, there's going to be ugly stories, but you will win. If that's all you care about, and I think it's pretty clear that is. That's all you care about is a trophy of some kind, any kind, participation trophy, that would be that would be an easy decision. That would be a call I would think he would have to make. And they may have already made it. And he may have said, no, I don't know. But I could see, I could see that pitch, and I could see that being an easy choice. At Jeff Ward Show. Since te- when has Texas A&M ever had a plan other than go spend more money than everyone else and complain that Texas is screwing us? Yeah, I, you know, I... Maybe I'm wrongly assuming there was a plan for doing this now because there's no real hurry to do this. This is going to happen sooner or later anyway. It's not like they're saving money by whacking him now. I mean, particularly after they won a game. And I, ironically, they beat Mississippi State. And what does Mississippi State do? They fire their coach too. <laughs> like everybody got fired. Um, I, I got to – you have to have a plan. You've had to have already made a couple phone calls. You had to. Uh, you had to have a plan because you had to go raise this money. You had to find some people somewhere willing to throw this kind of money getting rid of a guy. So there had to be some advanced planning here. I got to believe if you plan to raise the cash to whack him, you've planned to raise the cash to hire, which means you had have some kind of plan of a series of names. Surely they will. When you fire coaches, if you don't get it right the next one, it's sort of like quarterbacks, you know, NFL quarter, college coaches are like NFL quarterbacks. You get it wrong, you end up in a bad place for the next five or six years. A&M is a chance to not be in a bad place for five or six years. That's te- Texas how it works. You go get these, uh, these assistant coaches and these guys, upstart guys, and it doesn't work. The next thing you know, you're five years into being mediocre. So I, I, would, I would assume they have a plan. I would assume so. 
If they did this just out of spite, that's crazy. I don't blame them for spite. I don't blame them for anger. I don't blame, no one can blame them for feeling like they've been burned. They allowed themselves to get royally screwed over. But you can't just go and whack him just to say, yeah, we got rid of that problem. You got another one. You got to win. You got to win. And you got Texas haunting you right now more than ever. Because right now Texas beats them. And that would be a nightmare for them. All right, phone number 512-834-1027. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN.